Today on Sexually Woke with Dr. Susan, I'm speaking with Dr. Jessica Shepard, a board-certified OB-GYN, also specializing in sexual wellness and holistic wellness with a brand new concierge practice in Dallas called Sanctum Med and Wellness. Thanks for joining us on this week's episode of Sexually Woke with me, Dr. Susan, and I have a really special guest with us here today, Dr. Jessica Shepard. And Jessica and I have just met, but I feel like we are like sisters from some other time. She and I are pursuing very similar paths, but in a different way. So welcome, Jessica. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Now, Jessica has this amazing bio, and I'll tell you, she's such a busy lady. We don't have a lot of time because you could read this for like a week, but I'll give you some of the highlights. She's a board-certified <laughs> OB-GYN. Uh, let's just say she's been on every kind of media. She's got a very, very um, highly present social media platform as well as traditional media. She's been all over the place on TV and radio and every other thing. And what I love, I love lots of things about Jessica. She's not only fabulous and wonderful, but she specializes in lots of things. But one of them is my favorite thing, which is sexual wellness. And so because this is the Sexually Woke podcast, I would love to talk to you, Jessica, about how you approach sexual wellness in your practice and how our paths kind of interact. So yeah, so that's a big topic. So let's see what we can do in 30 minutes. You might have to come back again. So she's in Dallas. So Texas, I'll just say, is like taking over this world of women's sexual wellness. I know. I think that it's great that, um, you know, our paths aligned and we're both here in Texas. We just got to get the entire state covered. I mean, it is a big state, but I mean, I think our work is set out for us, right? The world. <laughs> so um, Je- Jessica's a little younger than me. So I'm 53 and we don't have to talk about age, but I'm really proud of being 53. I love it. Like getting older is really cool. But I, I, I've said this a lot and tell me your perspective. Like, when I was in med school and even residency, we didn't learn anything about menopause or sexuality, like zero, nothing. Maybe it's a little better now, but uh, everything that I've learned was uh, self-taught. And I got really interested in it because of my own crisis, like when I was in my 40s. So how did you get interested in this? It's not something that many gynecologists delve into. Yeah, you know, you know, I'm glad that you brought it up as far as from the formal training of, of medicine. I think it's still the same. You know, I am 43 and uh, I found that coming through med school, no, I didn't learn anything. I learned the physiology of menopause and what happens from a technical standpoint. Um, but kind of like you, I kind of felt that there was something missing from what my patients were coming into the office with and the information that I was giving them. There was a lag. There was something missing in between that I needed to figure out. And I figured it out by myself, not by myself, but with my own kind of intent on figuring out what this was. And I will tell you that the best information and sources that I use were people who were sexologists and PhDs who really took the time to delve into exactly what sexuality is. Because I feel that that's a much different thing than sex itself and sex education. Sexuality is something that all of us experience. Isn't that true? It's so much more holistic. And so uh, right before we started recording, Jessica and I were talking about some of the things that you're doing, which is so exciting in Dallas. She has this amazing uh, place called Sanctum Wellness that I want you to tell us about. And I'm so thrilled about this because someone else is doing this, that in traditional medicine, I was trained to look at sickness and I was trained to treat sickness. And so we were, I wasn't, anyway, you can tell me your experience, but I was not trained at all in the world of wellness or holistic medicine. And so, you know, I really had to go outside of that traditional medical box to find some of those answers. So 
what what do you do? Tell us of what you offer in Dallas for um, women and people, and and what how you put this all together. Yeah, it it comes from continuing the education and the desire to want to learn more about yourself as an individual, and that included sexual health. And I felt as a gynecologist, I had a responsibility to include that in the packaging of how I see patients, whether they're coming for a problem visit or their well woman visit, it still needed to be a very big part of that. But part of sexual health and how you introduce sexuality uh, to anyone, and again, this can be, I've had people who are into their 50s or 60s who really don't have a good fund of knowledge of their sexuality. And then again, for my patients who are adolescents or going into college, them learning that before it's something that they live without. And so the only way to capture that a lot of times is the environment in which you speak to your patients about this. And that really was true to any job that you have in medicine is very clinical, right? We're there to, mm-hmm. to kind of medicate or, you know, refer, uh, do surgeries. And so I felt that the environment was a big part of nurturing that conversation. And so I felt, you know, sanctum med and wellness, I have to build the environment for people to want to learn more, to feel nurtured in that environment. And so that's what I did. And yeah. here we are. <laughs> that's really beautiful. And I that really speaks to my heart so much because I felt exactly the same way. It took me going through menopause, really, and having my own sexual wellness crisis to realize that I didn't have any support for myself or my own knowledge or even my colleagues. Really, I felt like I'd fallen into a hole or a gap. So if you were treating someone like me, you know, a woman in my 40s, and you might even be approaching this soon. It's hard to imagine. Um, but, you know, we do fall into a gap where there isn't much help offered. And these visits that are 10 minutes long, you know, you and I have both been in traditional practices in the past where you just, I would literally have my hand on the door and I knew I had six patients waiting and the patient would say, hey, Dr. Susan, you know, I don't have any sex drive. And I would think, oh God, no, I don't have time to talk about this. And I felt so torn. There was just this... Um, you know, I'd go home just feeling like I hadn't given a good service to the patients. I didn't have time. And, you know, cheers to you for building it because I felt the same way when it's not available. You know, what you've got to make it yourself. So now we've got Houston and Dallas covered. So what is a patient, yeah. what are they, what would a patient expect? What would the experience be like if she came to see you? And, you know, maybe she has one of the more common um, complaints that we have with hypoactive or low sexual desire that's so common in our 40s. And, um, it takes time, right, to talk about this. And um, how do you approach that? So one of the things I found very important, like you just said, the 10, 15 minute visit is really not optimal for building, right? Building on the education of what we're trying to talk about sexual health and sexuality. And so that's when I realized I couldn't thrive in a traditional setting of medicine where you can see up to 20, 25 patients a day, it really required me to exit from that stage and say, you know what, if I can spend 45 minutes to 50 minutes to an hour with a patient and really build that relationship, one, they're going to want to come back to hear more information. And two, I'll be able to provide it for them without feeling pressured to move on to the next patient. And so that's what we've built is this nurturing environment, they walk in, they know that they're going to have the time to spend with me, but also the other services that we offer at Sanctum Med and Wellness, which includes meditation, yoga classes, we have a pelvic physical therapist. Um, And then we also want to bring in a sex therapist as well, so that 
now when I send patients to go get these services, which is what I did before, it's kind of like you leave them out the door and you don't know if they go. They probably feel intimidated to go to these services. Who's going to invite them? Where do they go? And so now it's all in one area and it creates this continuum of wellness. Mm, that's so beautiful. And that does feel so much more nurturing because I felt like that too, you know, in um, you know, people who are listening, uh, you know, physicians, we're just human too. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. there's an idea, especially in my age group, I'm 10 years older than Jessica. I think perhaps it's waning a little bit now. I, I see younger women being much more advocates for themselves and more discerning and not believing everything they're told by a physician. But certainly in women my age and older, there was this idea that physicians just knew everything and whatever we said, it was just believed. And so, um, in that environment, we just take what we're given and we don't always uh, advocate for ourselves. But this is so important to have a place where women do have the time given to them and that they are nurtured. And when they're referred somewhere, we're actually watching that process so that we can grow with you. And it's so such a beautiful thing that you're offering. So Sanctum Wellness, and it's brand new and it's all new and shiny and just starting. I can't wait to come yeah. visit we could do a sex and cocktails event. Oh, yeah. That sounds right up my alley. I would love to do that. So, um, you know, this is such a huge topic. So women come to you with, with. I realize you see women of all age groups, but I'm focusing specifically on women who are, you know, the 40 to 60 age group where we're having all this hormonal change and then all these other things are happening in our lives. Our kids are getting older and relationships are changing. Parents might be getting sick and dying. And then we've got hormonal stuff on top of that. So it can really feel like a crisis and we need a place to go where we can be taken care of head to toe. I absolutely love that yoga and meditation are part of this too, because in the study that I did that led to my book, um, this it really is a spiritual idea of knowing yourself and learning to love yourself. I mean, that was all just as important, if not more important than any medical intervention we could offer with hormones and things like that. So I'd love to hear more about that. Uh, pelvic physical therapy, the non-traditional medical stuff is so exciting. Absolutely. You know, holistic health, again, is one of those things that we don't necessarily learn in medical school that was, you know, self-taught in the sense that I was curious and I wanted to find, you know, what the connection was with mind, body, soul. And that came through holistic alternatives and practices. And I did feel that a lot of the disconnect that I had with patients who had either, you know, painful sex or whether it was due to hormones or they just had a kind of a horrible experience with sexual health in general, um, or maybe they just didn't know about it, was that a lot of it had to do with the psychology of intimacy and sexual behaviors and sexual health. And so in order for them to make that connection, I know um, that yoga and meditation allows you to focus on your mind. It's that, you know, it's practicing your mind and how you can actually relax, how you can connect the two and allow yourself to have better experiences because you're able to focus a little bit more. And so I find that uh, patients who do go to yoga and meditation, and we're talking about sexuality, they do have a better idea of why it's so important and how to tune into. And many people don't understand that just like you work out a muscle, you know, you go to the gym and you work out, is the same way you have to approach sexuality and sexual health is that you have to put effort into it. Mm-hmm. And many people think it falls into your lap and, you know, sex just kind of is like there and then it just happens. No, it it's, it's something that you have to hone. Yeah. And that's, take, take care of. 
that's really true. And um, everything seems to come together whenever I'm talking to amazing guests. Like, uh, and the secrets of the sexually woke in my book, that was one of the three secrets that we needed to approach sexuality with intention and attention, which mm-hmm. seems so simple, but it doesn't just happen on its own. Maybe when we're 20, it does. You know, you can have a the right. wind blows and you have an orgasm and that's fine. I mean, it's different when you're 20. Uh, perhaps it's not, but sometimes it is. And as as we get older and wiser, I mean, it does become something that we need to water, just like our plants. The grass is greener where we water it, right? And mm-hmm. and this is a you're providing a place to do that and nurture those amazing seeds. And I think that we don't educate women of younger age when your hormones are are working really well. We don't teach them how it's related to how we think about ourselves, how we nurture sexuality. And so when we do get to that age where it's needed, they haven't been educated on that. So it does kind of fall off hormonally, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the mental ability to tune into sexuality is gone. And that's kind Mm -hmm. of what we have to uh, educate our women on a little bit earlier. So true. And I say this all the time, she's not dead. She's just taking a nap. You can always bring her back to life. Uh, sexuality is never gone. I mean, it's part of us that's always there. It just goes through different phases. Uh, but what a beautiful yeah. idea to set up a place that we can nurture all parts of ourselves. You know, one thing that you and I do um, that a lot of doctors don't is uh, uh, procedures or interventions to help with uh, sexual function. There's all kinds of amazing new things. Uh, what are some of the things that you offer uh, for women who might be experiencing, um, you know, decreased ability to have an orgasm or vaginal dryness or these things that happen? with age, what are some uh, things that we can do? Yeah, I actually use a variety of different things. I'm very big on options in the sense that I think there's no one way ticket to approach this. And and women have different types of sexual needs um, that can be met through these varieties. So, you know, going through, whether it's through medication, um, procedural, um, also with sex therapy, I think that that's uh, an avenue that I like to explore with patients. Uh, because they have to learn um, how to enter into their sexuality. So there are some medications that are out there that I do think that are very helpful for people. It's not for everybody, um, but some of the modulators that are out there, namely two, one's an injection and one's an oral pill that I have seen this work for patients. And then I'm all, I always tell patients, if it doesn't work for you, we'll stop and we'll go to another, you know, we'll go to another um, option for you. And those, and so then, these are these know, are the non-hormonal things like Addy and the things that you can get prescriptions for. Yeah. Yes. So so a lot of our and, listeners don't know about that. I just really quickly quickly like what are they work more on the level of our yeah. brain than than hormonal uh, treatments? So what how do those work and how have you seen those work for your patients? Yeah, correct. They are more of your neurotransmitters. So we know that neurotransmitters have a big part in how we respond uh, sexually um, to a advances into sexual moments and how we're aroused. And so through, uh, obviously through studies, they figured out what those neurotransmitters are. And so through the use of whether it's the injection or the pill, those work on the neurotransmitters and in, 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 in fact, basically help kind of like your up levels of how you feel about yourself uh, and how that relates to sexual response in which they've been able to study and show that it really does have a good outcome. And for those, for for people who want to use those and try it, I think it's such a great way to let them know one, that there is a way to address it. And two, that there there's hope. Um, mm-hmm. I think starting with patients with helping them understand that they're not alone. Many people feel like they are the only ones going through whatever struggle they are. 
um, and letting them know that they're not alone is so helpful. Oh, it's so, so I think that's, that's a so great important. place to start as well. Yeah. And just uh, a little on that, I totally resonate with that idea, this idea that there's something wrong with me because we're not, um, we don't talk about it enough. And then often, unfortunately, I think it gets accelerated when we see our doctors who kind of brush us off or say, oh, you're fine. It's normal. There's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with you. And then we're just certain there's something wrong because we're like, I don't feel fine. And I don't really have time. My doctor doesn't really want to listen. And so I think, unfortunately, traditional medicine probably makes that worse. Um, so it's so so yes. great that uh, at least some of us are al- allowing a place to talk about this. So there's there's some medications. And then what the procedures are fascinating. And I do some of these too. But what's yeah. your experience with um, procedures for sexual wellness? Yeah. And I was, you know, bioidentical hormones. I am a fan of pellets mm-hmm. um, and having people have their hormones restored in a way that's carefully monitored um, by a physician who understands what that means and not doing too much. You know, I, I have heard, you know, some people who have either given, you know, hormone replacement therapy or have received it. Sometimes you have, you have to know your patient, you have to monitor them well and understand exactly what they're looking for and tailor it to them. So I don't think everyone, again, is a template and that needs to be tailored. So bioidentical hormones uh, is something that I I choose to use as well. And then going to the fascinating stuff uh, with their lasers and our radiofrequency energy. Uh, So the CO2 laser, I do use Mona Lisa Touch. And for the radiofrequency, I do use Temperature Vitalia. And it's remarkable when you see the studies. And I think some people are a a little bit uh, hesitant about it, but I'm like, it's just like things that you use on your face. Mm -hmm. We know that our, you know, our skin sags and our fat pads kind of are distributed differently as we age. And the same thing happens in the pelvic region and the vagina. And so if we're able to actually stimulate the tissue the same way that we want that vibrant look in our face, we can do the same thing in the vaginal tissue. And you know what really helps me to continue to do these therapies are the women who come back and say, thank you. Yeah. And that is just a, a, an amazing testament to me doing something for someone who needs it, but for them valuing that in such a sense that I can feel very happy to continue to do these therapies. And then last but not least, you know, I'll bring up uh, PRP. Mm, uh, PRP is it. kind of one of my favorite uh, innovations that I've seen used all over the, the body. So just yet- plate, platelet-rich plasma. We've talked about this on this show before because yes. uh, we're playing in the same sandbox here. I love all these things. So carry on. But yeah, platelet-rich plasma, yes. PRP, it's our favorite and stuff. It is When I see what it's done for other parts of the body, and I'm like, oh my gosh, why are we not using this more? Why are we not using something that's um, something that's from the body? And basically, you know, this procedure, I know you've talked about it many times uh, before, but basically we take blood and we spin that down. Your own blood. Plasma. Yeah. Yes, your, your own blood, blood and mm-hmm. take it and spin it down to where we have plasma rich platelets. And we're able to inject those into areas of, I've had people who have had decreased uh, lubrication. I've had women who have had um, kind of fissures. So they have consistent tears in the vaginal tissue that repair. And then as soon as they have intercourse, then they have the tear again. So mm, it's, it's awful. a vicious cycle of their tissue. And then I've, you know, obviously we can use it in the clitoris as well to enhance stimulation. And every area that I've used it, I've even used it in women who um, have a little bit of mild stress urinary incontinence to kind of help stabilize the urethra. And every time I use it for whatever reason I do, lichen sclerosis, whatever it is, patients come back and they are just like, 
I can't believe this because many of them have gone down the path of going to multiple doctors, seeing multiple therapies, creams, whatever, and then it's still not working. And mm-hmm. they finally find something that works for them. That to me is is worth it all. Yeah, oh, that's so great. It's so validating uh, to know that there's nothing wrong with me, that this is a problem that happens and that there's a therapy. So Dr. Shepard offers these things too. I do in Houston. She offers them in Dallas. And it's just amazing that there's a, some growth of this field so that you don't have to feel like there's no hope. And exactly like, I'm just going to reiterate what she said, that it just gives you hope, you know, when you're offered a yeah. treatment that we can promise works. And I don't know, it sounds like you do this too, but I use all these things myself. I've had vaginal laser done. I've had uh, PRP in my vagina. I actually just injected my hip with PRP this weekend because I'm a runner and I've got this chronic hip pain. It's just your own blood. It, it just makes more blood vessels grow, increases collagen, wherever you put it. So yeah, put some of that in your vagina. It's amazing. And it's your own blood. Uh, so these are all amazing things that um, can be done. And I'm just so excited that- yeah. Now I'm feeling like I'm not the only one. I'm having a not alone right. moment right now because I just met my best friend in well, Dallas. Yeah. We are we are few and far between, you know, as far as a gynecologist who actually delves deeper than just the physiology and pathology of the anatomy mm-hmm. and taking it a step further into innovation. There's so many things that are out there that are new, but if we don't use them, our patients won't know about it. Well, and, you know, going back to the education of the doctor, the doctors often don't know about it. I have a personal story. Uh, last March, I have a little bit of stress incontinence, which is when you leak urine, when you cough or sneeze or exercise. And it wasn't terrible. But I had uh, seen a friend of mine, a traditional doctor, a fantastic urogynecologist, and she had scheduled to do a sling on me, which many of you might know. It's a minor surgery, but it puts some synthetic material to support the urethra. And so that was fine and I was going to do it. It got canceled due to COVID. So I didn't get to have it done. Well, then um, I did pelvic physical therapy and PRP instead, and I don't need a sling. And I'm so glad I didn't have it done because I run, I do triathlons and I don't leak anymore. And so that's my story. But tell me about, oh my so gosh. I'm so glad I didn't have it done. I mean, it would have been fine, but I didn't need surgery. And I would have had a piece of synthetic material in my body forever, which is fine if you need it. That's a great surgery, by the way, if you need it. But you're like your own, your own little walking billboard. I am like a guinea pig for myself. I, I This is true. I don't offer any services that I have not tried myself. So me too. Just so, just so I've tried so like, uh, yeah. vaginal rejuvenation. I've had the O shot and PRP. I feel that, and I've also done, um, now I'm, I'm looking into the, uh, ultrasonic, uh, technology that helps breaking up some of the, the fibers and people who have pelvic pain. Mm. And I've tried that as well. So I am very much. So if, if I'm going to advocate it for my patients, I will definitely get that service. Yeah. Which is great. I think that's a good question to ask your doctor. It's like, would you do this on yourself or your wife or, uh, you know, if you've had it done, I mean, I'm not the nothing wrong with male physicians. I won't be, I won't this on all of them, but there's something about being a woman that we just know a little bit more. I mean, I, I just, you know, you've been through it. We've been there. We've had babies. We, you know, we're, going through hormonal changes, we know what it's like. So pelvic physical therapy, a lot of people don't even know this is a thing. Uh, We don't offer it routinely in other uh, places, like in Europe, it's offered to everybody postpartum, it's kind of standard, but we don't, we don't do pelvic PT. And as a result, many people have issues from things falling down, bladder, rectum, everything, you know, muscles get stretched. So you can actually fix this without surgery. So how, how do we do that in your sanctum? Yeah. So in Sanctum, you know, we have a public physical therapist who works with us and 
And basically, I, you know, I was late, you know, learning about pelvic physical therapy. And when I figured out, I was like, why aren't we all using a pelvic physical therapist? And it really has helped our practice um, in regards to the extension of services. I think that's why I love it so much is because I don't have the time to devote to finding, you know, the trigger point areas of pain and, and feeling for the hypertonicity in the muscles. And so now that I have someone who can extend the service of what I'm able to maybe detect or diagnose, that just creates a, a better continuity for the. Yeah. So in a short form, if I say I'm doing my vaginal push-ups or sit-ups, you know, just like we go to the gym, we don't work out the muscles in the vagina after we have babies. You know, you go back to the gym, you do your yoga and your sit-ups and get back in your all cute self um, if you want to do that, but we don't work out the vaginal muscles and the pelvic floor muscles. And that's, I was late to the party on that too, but it turns out you can do that. So there are people who specialize in this and um, uh, we can tell you about that if you can visit us here in uh, Sanctum. Um, and then there's surgery too. Sometimes we need surgery, right? And Jessica is a surgeon and I am too. And sometimes you need surgery. Uh, I didn't, mm -hmm. thank goodness. So we want to try non-surgical things first, I think. But uh, what if you you do these things and it doesn't work? Maybe you had three 10-pound babies still leaking urine. Yeah. You know, vagina mm -hmm. sometimes feels looser when we're having intercourse. We don't have the sensation anymore. Yep. What can we do about that? Yeah, so a lot of my practice is surgical. Um, I did a fellowship in minimally invasive surgery. And so I, I do am able to offer patients, whether it's a, you know, interior, posterior repair, and also for the sling, do TVTs as well, which is the little mesh, which is still the gold standard for mm -hmm. urinary incontinence. And, and then also going into, if you have prolapse or a little bit of, like you said, a little bit of sagging in the area of the vagina that some of the, the non-surgical options can't really fix, then we use our surgical approach, which is kind of like, I, I compare it to if you're in a room and there is a leak on the roof, right? And it kind of pushes down on that ceiling, or if there is disruption in the foundation that kind of pushes the floor up, we go in to smooth out that floor or push up that roof and make it straight again. That's, the, you know, similar to what we can do in the vagina with some of these surgical procedures, which are same day. Most patients will go home same day, and then the recovery can be anywhere from two to three weeks. But, you know, there are some patients who need that, and those should be offered to them if they do need it. But then also if patients feel that they don't want a surgical approach, then that should be fine too. I will never, you know, make sure that, or feel like I have to push a surgery on a patient. They have the option of deciding what they want to do. Yeah. Which is so important. I mean, this is all about you and making your own decisions and um, we never would tell you what to do. It's just a matter of offering all these options, but suffice to say, there's a lot of options, thank goodness. And so if you're ever told by any doctor that this is just the way it's going to be and there's nothing that can be done, you know, I hope you can advocate for yourself and just say, hmm, well, I heard uh, Dr. Jessica Shepard and Susan talking about these things and just, you know, you can always get another opinion. Um, and there's nothing wrong with traditional medicine. It serves a great purpose and thank goodness we have it. But not everyone's educated in these things. So uh, luckily some people are. So you don't have to put up with the, you know, we can't turn back the clock and we know what we want to. I'm so thrilled to be 53, but, you know, we don't have to suffer with vaginal dryness and pain within a course and uh, absent libido and all these things, they can be optimized, right? Which is amazing. Then we can get older yeah. with joy and, and verve. Is that and a word? Using yeah. a, 
I think it is. I'm going to say it's a Scrabble word. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded right. I also love using a variety of those, everything that we just went through. Um, It doesn't mean that if you do PRP, you can't do vaginal rejuvenation, or if you do a sling that you can't try PRP later. It really should be kind of a collective of what's available. Um, And then including some of the things for lifestyle, which is going to be your yoga and strengthening your pelvis and continuing to, um, because I never want people to think it's an overnight fix and you just do one thing and should, you know, you're taken care of forever. I want you to actually incorporate it into a healthy lifestyle and therefore, you know, getting your mind and your body and your soul tuned up. And the only way to do that, the best way to do that rather, is to make sure that you're continuing to do that daily and kind of changing our habits and creating more of a wellness collective within our, in our lives. Yeah, that's, uh, what a, that's such a beautiful way to approach this whole thing. It is body, mind, soul, everything. And, you know, we want to address it all. And you can do that at, at Sanctum Wellness, which is amazing. Uh, Dr. Jessica Shepard, where can we find you? You can find me. I seem to be um, driven by Instagram. Uh, that seems to be, <laughs> remember I used to give out business cards, right? So no more, no more business cards. I usually tell people to come by and see us uh, on my Instagram at Jessica Shepherd MD, which is J-E-S-S-I-C-A-S-H-E-P as in Paul H-E-R-D-M-D or at Sanctum Med Wellness, which is our wonderful Instagram page uh, for the practice where you can meet our pelvic physical therapist and our director of wellness who does our yoga and meditation. Um, and we just want people to come and feel that energy of what we're going to provide uh, in our site because we want everything to be taken care of and we want to introduce people to the lifestyle and the best lives that they can live through the variety of different services that we offer. Well, what an amazing thing you're doing. I'm so excited to have got to meet you in person. We're by Zoom, almost in person, but soon we'll be in person and to hear these right. amazing <laughs> things that you're doing. Um, I can't wait to come and see you and all the services that you provide. I mean, you're so close by. Well, thank goodness we're doing some of the same things. So the, you know, this is such a hopeful, optimistic uh, idea that I have about getting older and getting older with this new word I just made up called verb. I don't even know if it's real. I have to look it up in the Scrabble dictionary, but uh, we can do it. And life doesn't end at 40 or 50 or any other age. We can just continue to become more alive and live in our full aliveness. And that's what we talk about on this podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today. I think we're going to have to continue yes. this conversation a little bit longer. I think but, so. Um, this was a great little toe in the water. And I will yeah. look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Dr. Susan. And I hope that next time we can do our podcast maybe in person. Yes, that'd be perfect. Okay.